Hey, what's up? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to a uh, second episode of White Rider. And, uh, yeah, hope you guys had a great week and everything. So, um, today, I'm trying to decide what I want to do today. Because originally I had a set list talking about, like, panic attacks, how to deal with those stuff. Uh, learning how to adjust with like uh, what would you call it mental disability mental health that kind of thing and um, yeah I don't know how I feel about it I mean it's good don't get me wrong I just don't know if it really hits hits it on the head you know uh, we just <laughs> just actually finished up with my brother um, so my little brother Jacob super cool dude um, he's driving my car right now because he doesn't have, um, well, he got in an accident. He doesn't have his car anymore. Um, so he's borrowing mine for the time being. I was having some weird issues. So he brought it over to our place and we did some things to, you know, get it fixed up and get him back on the road and stuff. And I don't know. Now I'm in just kind of this like introspective mode where I'm thinking about what it was like for me to be 19, 20, you know? some of the like struggles and difficulties that I had to deal with. The crappy thing is, is I didn't realize that I guess anything was wrong. I mean, growing up I knew that I had some issues that I guess I brought with me growing up with an abusive stepmom and dad and that kind of thing. But um, I didn't think that that would affect my day-to-day -day life. You know, like I figured... If I was just really strong, if I was just, if, if I just like muscled myself through it, that, you know, everything would be great. I'd be able to just, you know, sort of mentally push myself into being happy and normal and that kind of stuff and then just go from there. But, um, gosh, if I could go back and see that like 20 year old, I'd probably tell him to maybe recognize the situation is a little bit more serious, you know? Because that's the thing. So, like, after... So, after I woke up in the hospital and found out that she, she being my late wife, um, was gone and, you know, wasn't coming back, I... went to some pretty dark places and you know there were some times where I thought that the world would be better off without me you know and here's the nice thing about hospitals is that you're you're there you're already there you're already at the place where people take care of you and when they hear you say stuff when they're answering questions they can sort of lift an eyebrow and be like oh huh I wonder if that guy's in trouble because he's talking about stuff that I don't bring up at the dinner table so let's maybe delve into this and then you actually get the help that you need, right? Like, I was able to be referred to a psychiatrist and a therapist, um, who I'm still working with right now, um, just to, you know, figure out all this stuff, because working with those guys, that's where I learned that, um, <laughs> that I suffer from major depressive disorder and PTSD. Stuff that I... 
don't know. I just think it's so dumb, you know? Why, why me? Like, why do I have to be one of the guys that has to, like, you know, talk to somebody about triggers and how my body goes into flight or flight, fight or flight response when something crazy goes down? Like, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that's thinking about, like, what stock dividends to jump into and, you know, whether I'm rich enough and wide enough to own a boat. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I want to be worried about. But, no, I get to, like, you know, keep a daily tracker of whether or not I've taken my, like, antidepressants. Which, you know, I'm, I am keeping track of it, so we'll pat on the back for myself on that regard, but yeah. And I guess that's kind of what I have on my set, that what I have for my notes on what I want to talk about today is just, I don't know, having to deal with these like life-changing um, things, if that makes sense, you know? Um, for example, like I... I'm a pilot, like I hold a pilot's license, um, you know, I used to rent, plane, rent planes every once in a while to go flying around and go see like really cool adventures and things like that. However, um, that's not the case anymore because I need to, you know, like disclose that, if that makes sense, disclose the, the prescriptions that I'm on and, um, you know, go through sort of like an audit to have somebody that's higher and older and wiser than me determine whether I'm smart enough to fly a plane uh, before I can I can get those qualifications reinstated and that was <laughs> that was never on my mind never did I calibrate or plan to have to you know sort of finagle my way into reinstating my pilot's license like that's just that's reality that I'm still trying to process and, and figure out. And I'm sure everybody has sort of experienced that at one point in time, you know? Whether that be like moving career fields, even when you didn't expect to do that, or losing a loved one. I mean, that's something that all of us experienced at some point in time. So I'm going to deal with that loss and adjust to that way of life because it really is an adjustment, you know? I mean, I hear about these families that, like, lose children, and I don't know how they continue to go to work and stuff. I'd probably just shut down and be like, you know what? Uh, I found the purpose of life, and the purpose is that there isn't a purpose, so I'm just going to stay inside and, I don't know, watch home videos until the second play comes around or something like that. But again, I'm not... I guess strong enough to handle something like that so that's just more like a hypothetical but yeah this week was a lot of I don't know just learning to accept myself gosh this sounds so ridiculous man like like I was supposed to come in here prepared and ready to I don't know, tell stories and, and tell you guys about like what happened during the week and stuff like that. And instead, I'm, I'm honestly like self-reflecting right now. That's sort of what's going on. And, um, you know, that's cool, but I can do that on my own time. <laughs> I don't need to be doing that on a podcast when I'm talking to other people, you know, but I can already tell that I'm broken and sort of working from scratch. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That was one of the things 
that we wanted to talk about today was was the being being broken again and not and not broken in like you know oh I'm, I can't ever be fixed again and life is terrible and how did this happen and woe unto the good people and whatnot but more broken in the sense of we're kind of back at square one in terms of like learning to assimilate so story time once upon a time there was this young dude that thought that him joining the military and dying as a hero in war would prove his parents wrong about who he was as a person and though he did sign up for the military he never actually you know died in the middle of combat showing us off his true colors and dying a hero instead he went on deployment to like a humanitarian thing helping out refugees in syria and stuff and uh you know talking to a therapist during that time about again some of like the panic attacks and stuff that come up and there was a lot of progress that was made there you know that was the first time that i actually realized like oh okay so <laughs> my childhood was classified as sad and there are people out there who actually have happy childhoods like it's not like having a ch sad childhood is not the only option uh, which is what you know this person thought for a while <laughs> Anyways, starting from scratch, talking with this therapist, we finally found a way to like manage it and learned how to sort of make it a part of us and who we are as a person and sort of adjust our lives to, to handle it and that kind of thing. And um, it was really cool because in, in what, a year? We made a ton of progress. I mean, we went from this very moody, flighty, can't get up and study, can't um you know control their own thoughts that kind of thing um to this person who you know had a routine like work out every day meditate every day uh do do something social hang out with with friends go volunteer for the community just something to get out and deal with people every day and um yeah now we're we're kind of back at where we were on deployment, where we're a little broken, and this this major thing has happened in our life that, that sort of has changed the whole reality, changed the whole um, expectation, and now we're learning how to come back from that, you know? Because that's really what this is all about. This whole thing is just about coming back, coming back better stronger coming back more capable to help other people and reach out to the communities and make a difference and that kind of thing it still sucks that it had to happen this way like i mean i believe in true love man like i believe in that like princess bride kind of love where they're in the swamps right and uh <laughs> wesley's identifying as his, his true self or whatever and she was like but i heard you were pillaged by the dread pirate robbers and I thought you were dead and he was like oh, I'm trying to remember what he says because I really don't want to mess it up um, <laughs> he basically says something along the lines of like you know silly girl death cannot stop true love it's the most powerful thing in the world like that kind of thing you know um, like I really believe that I still do I, I believe that like true love is a powerful force. It's a lot more powerful than we give it credit towards. 
Um, we don't see it as often because, I don't know, it takes a lot of work and there's just a certain sort of, what would you call it, lifestyle that fosters true love. And, you know, it's, it's more rare to see that nowadays than I guess back in the day. I don't know what day I'm talking about, but I feel like all of our grandparents during the 1940s and prior talked about living a more magical life. Anyways, um, yeah, so to believe in true love like that and then to have this happen between um, me and my wife, it's just, oh, it's gut-wrenching. But I refuse to let this be the last chapter. So that's why we're here. Because I don't know. That's what I'm relearning here. And this and this is something that you know somebody told me over the week. They were like, "Yeah, dude, no, we like we need you, man." And that's weird to hear. It's kind of really weird to hear um, that you know somebody like needs me or that I'm important enough that they want me to stick around you know which is weird because on my end I would say the same thing about you and I'm not even being physician but like seriously like like we need you like the world needs you I don't care how reclusive or how much of a burden to society you think you are there's somebody out there whose life is a little bit more joyful just because you're around. Whether that's a direct cause or an indirect cause. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just trying to think of a story here. <laughs> like, okay, I'll give you this one. So, working at Enterprise, it was a Saturday. It was a really busy Saturday, too. I don't know if everybody was, like, going to a convention or something like that, but... We had guys just coming in for cars, and we didn't have any. Like, we were running out. There was this one guy that came in. He had been in an accident. He was looking to get a car. And I told him, I mean, if you want to wait till close, and we can see if we have anything left over, then we could do it. But, you know, I don't have anything ready for you right now. Uh, yeah, so he decided to wait, and he waited. Um, we thought we had a car, but it didn't work out. And then somebody came in for their car that was reserved. So we almost had to kick out this guy who was in an accident, and then by some sort of grace, we ended up finding this insurance guy a car. And this whole process took about two hours. And that is an insane amount of time to wait for anything. I mean, doctor's appointments, even the DMV has better track record than like having somebody wait around for two hours doing, what, TikTok, Facebook? I don't even know. Anyway, so we got this guy into a car. We pulled him off and everything. And his friend was sitting there on the curb. And I just passed him on the way back. And I was like, oh, dude. We got it. We finally got your guy a car. And, uh, yeah, he just kind of gives me this fist bump. And he was like, yeah, number one customer service guy right here. He's such a cool dude. I freaking miss that guy. And it was, what, maybe a five-second interaction or whatever. But, oh, my gosh, man. It made me feel so good about myself and, like, everything that I was doing uh, actually made a difference, you know? That's what I'm talking about. It's just those random little moments that, like, you perform either with other people or even, like, online or stuff like that, you know? That, again, just bring joy to other people. 
and I'm so glad that we all get to be a part of that. You know, we get to be in a society where we're connected and I do know that it's stressful. You know, there's challenges that come with living in like a modern sort of, um, what would you call it, digital age, that kind of thing. But I mean, keep in mind that nobody else has had this opportunity before. I mean, we can go back like, you know, hundreds of thousands of years to the first anthropological homo sapiens that, what, drew pictures on a wall, that kind of thing. And here you can literally get on Facebook and like, friends, just thousands and thousands of people. It's kind of a cool concept when you think about it. I mean, never before have we been able to be, I want to say blessed or lucky or whatever, enough to be able to talk to people, which is a little cheek and tongue because I know there are some people that think it's kind of a burden that people can just say whatever they want. Look at people get on Facebook and talk about how they saw this weird graffiti thing on the gas station, how it made them rethink life. Don't get me wrong, it's important to them, but, you know, when I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see some weird, I don't know what symbol it is on a cement thing, it's one of those like, huh, I don't, I don't get this. This does not speak to me. But, yeah, everybody's got their own justifications. Um, as, why am I forgetting his name? Some sort of philosopher who said nobody's crazy, you know. Everybody has justification for why and, um, what they do so yeah um i'm trying to think i mean just bear with me like i'm just taking this time to sort of you know, wait for inspiration on, on what to say and what I think should go on here because right now I think the biggest thing is just letting you guys or the world or just, you know, maybe I just need to put this out to the universe, but we're so grateful for people, you know? I'm so grateful for my neighbor, neighbor coming out today and, and just... You know, being like, dude, thank you so much for helping me out with this thing when, you know, I was struggling and stuff like that. Or a uh, little five-year-old neighbor kid who was, you know, like, <laughs> he's so funny, dude. He's like, Mr. White, Mr. White, I love you. And then he just, like, runs off. And I'm like, dude, you can't just be hitting me with that cuteness stuff. First of all, I don't like to cry in public. Second of all, I don't think I'm, I'm ready for, for this kind of small token of appreciation kind of stuff <laughs> or uh, or like my best friend you know the other day I was riding my motorcycle tried to take a dirt road didn't work I wrecked punched a hole in uh, a part of the metal it punched a hole in part of the engine that like leaked all the oil out and uh, yeah Call my best friend. He was in there within like an hour to just come give me a ride home with my bike and everything. That's special. I'm super grateful for that. Because it provides these small flashes of beauty um, that kind of get me through the, the long dark nights of, you know, mourning and despair. 
because it's really all I'm doing right now. It's, it's just literally like living moment to moment. Like I, I can't do anything else. Honestly, there's there's no point in doing anything else. You know, like we had plans, we forecasted for the future, came up with ideas on how we wanted to start things or, you know, move forward. And with all that gone, I mean, it almost feels like the future's gone, you know? So what more can you do than just, just focus on the now? Um, which is really cool. And again, that works for me. Like, I'm not a doctor. You got to do your own thing and figure this all out and figure out what works for you. Um, just know that I'm here with you. And, uh, yeah. Now you guys are doing your best. And I appreciate it. The world's a little bit better place because of it, so. Uh, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, guys. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just move forward. We'll see how it goes. Anyways, appreciate you guys. See you later.